The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west, and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south, and the transcendent power of Almighty God touches earth in the humility of Christ, here where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily here are offered to the praise of God for our gathered congregation at 735 Commonwealth, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our virtual congregation around the globe at WBUR.org. Again, reading Philippians, we find our way, our commonwealth in heaven, along the heavenly commonwealth of daily life. Today, we traverse the intersection marked by a diaconal mystique. As we are able, let us stand in the praise of God.
mystery and silence, you are present in our lives, bringing new life out of destruction, hope out of despair, growth out of difficulty. We thank you that you do not leave us alone, but labor to make us whole. Help us to receive your unseen hand in the unfolding of our lives and to attend to the gentle guidance of your spirit that we may know the joy you give your people. Amen. Please be seated. Ye that do truly and earnestly repent of your sin and are in love and charity with your neighbor and intend to lead a new life following the commandment of God, draw near in faith and make this humble confession to your comfort. Let us pray. Hear and receive the good news of grace and freedom. If we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from Paul's epistle to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts 
in your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is any worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord.
Please join me in verses from Psalm 106 with the Antiphon. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord, or declare all his praise? Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation that I may glory in your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. the reading of the gospel and the hymn. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Glory to you, O Lord. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged, he sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. 
Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him, hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. I entreat Udiah and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Have no anxiety about anything, but in all things, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, lift your needs to God. Our commonwealth is in heaven. Rejoice in the Lord always, again. I say, rejoice. If there is a lovelier avenue on which to stroll, to lollygag, to meander, to wander, to walk on a pleasant Sunday afternoon than our own Commonwealth Avenue, surely I cannot find it in the mind's eye or in the imagination. You have placed before us statues, living statues, west to east along this grand promenade. Boston, at the corner of Fairfield <coughs> and Commonwealth, you have placed <coughs> excuse me, Lucy Stone and Phyllis Wheatley and Abigail Adams. No, you haven't built a statue to an unknown god. You have built statues to underknown goddesses whose voices have rung out to lift the voices of women and men across many decades. 
Their intersection is known by a mark, a diaconal mystique, a serving love, a radiant diaconal mystique. Jan and I come to you from the banks of a similar river, the Genesee that flows, flows north into Lake Ontario 80 years ago. They are 100 years ago as well. Work on women's suffrage proceeded with the voices of Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. And there, their ghosts patrol the shoreline of Lake Ontario and their spirits dwell just above the deep fresh water of the Finger Lakes, keeping us honest even as here in the back bay and looking out at the great salt sea, the ghosts of Abigail and Lucy and Phyllis watch us listening all. We at the chapel, Marsh Chapel, will do our part. We shall do our part to fill up what is lacking, to fill in what is needed. We are in ministry to this great city and this great university which was born itself in the tide of Methodism, which included a vibrant affirmation for the voices of Abigail, Lucy, Phyllis, and you, the voices of women near and far. Until just a couple of presidents ago, the university was led by a Methodist clergyman Anna Howard Shaw, one of the earliest graduates and earliest ordinands in Methodism in the 19th century, is celebrated to this day just across the plaza. In our School of Theology, our leading faculty, senior faculty, known globally and nationally, strong, vibrant women carry forward that very same theme. Broadly speaking, 60% of our seminaries in the th seminarians in the 13 United Methodist seminaries today are women. In my home conference two years ago, eight of eight ordinands, eight were female, and last year of eight ordinands, seven were female. There is a church nearby that has been ably led and served for 25 years by various women, and this summer they had a male guest preacher, and my friend's nine-year-old daughter, after the benediction, tugged on her hand and said, So, Mom, men can be ministers too. <laughs> we are yet far from the gender kingdom of heaven, to be clear. Even in the small slice of human experience known in ministry, we have miles to go before we sleep. In ministry, we lose a large percentage of our best and brightest women in ministry in the first five years of their service. In the large churches, which are significant and influential places in our denominations, particularly giving, given the cataclysmic demise of Protestantism, particularly in the Northeast, we have very few women. At a recent meeting of 44, 44, just two. On a daily basis, you could say that a woman of equal gift and grace has a job 20% harder than her male 
compatriot colleague. Why? Because though this may be surprising to you here at Marsh, you can still hear out there or overhear if you're careful, but I, I don't know if I'm ready for a woman. I mean, I just don't know if we should go down that road. I mean, my fiancé, he, he really would like somebody else to perform the service. I mean, I'm not sure I can hear her. I mean, and to which we say in one voice, build a bridge and get over it. We know that across the country and around the globe there are some denominations who have yet to hear the good news and receive the ordination of women who live in the subordination of women. We leave them aside for the moment. We have work to do. I'm going out to clean the pasture spring. I'll only stop to rake the leaves away and wait to watch the water clear I may. I shan't be gone long. You come too. Abigail, Lucy, Phyllis, they're watching. They're listening. They have expectations. So for our work for the future, we turn to somebody who's sure to help us, of course. We turn to the letter of to the Philippians today, we turn to Paul to help us. Paul of Tarsus. What a friend we have in Paul the feminist. I notice that gleam in your eye. I notice that oppositional move in your face. I know that you are thinking, as the popular mind does, that Paul is best known as that guy in 1 Corinthians 11, who spent his time trying to keep women's heads covered and women's mouths closed in church. I know that you don't per perhaps know clearly the, the feminine side of Paul, so allow me to be your guest guide for a few minutes this morning. We'll start with our lectionary reading, Philippians 4, 1 and 2, about Eudaia and Syntyche. Now, Philippians is the Commonwealth Avenue in the urban map of Paul's writings. It's the loveliest space there is. It's his happiest letter, and Philippians 4 is the happiest chapter in his happiest letter. And the first nine verses are the happiest verses in the happiest chapter of the happiest letter. This is a happy day. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And here at the very pinnacle of Paul's pastoral engagement with his churches at the end of his life alone in prison. Paul names turns to women, Eudiah and Syntyche. He reminds you that he has walked intimately with them in ministry, that they have been fellow laborers. He even intriguingly, without naming him, invites a true yoke fellow to help them to study, we could say, study what they're doing and learn how to do it. He celebrates their strong leadership at this, the zenith nadir and apex of his whole writing and ministry. Here they are, says he. May they agree, that is, the Greek means, may they live in harmony of mind. Paul depended in his churches for leadership on women. Wayne Meeks, two decades ago in his great book, The First Urban Christians, proved it without a doubt. Let me repeat it. Paul depended fully and heavily for leadership in his churches 
upon women like Udiah and Syntyche. That is, Paul drew on experience from the feminine side of life to guide and lead his churches. That is, that the metaphors and similes, the symbols and imagery in which Paul preached the gospel have a feminine cast. Surprisingly enough, you could even say that Paul's mind has a feminine cast. And in a way, it shouldn't surprise you. Remember his writing to the Galatians when he teaches them the meaning of the apocalypse of Christ? By the way, here he's not encouraging a kind of behavior. He's not saying, do this, don't do that. He's simply telling you what time it is. He's giving you a map of reality. And so he says, in Christ, Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is, note the change in the Greek ordering of words, there is no male or female. When Paul writes to the Thessalonians about his pastoral relationship with them, he says that I was among you gentle as a nurse. The word here does not mean medical assistant. It is a very powerful image. It is the image of a wet nurse, of a woman nursing a baby, of a baby, baby suckling at the breast, Paul describes himself in this transgendered, powerful motif, gentle as a nurse among you. When Paul stretches the limits of his rhetoric and reaching out to the Romans to try to say in poetry what the cosmic Christ has done, Romans 8.22 says he, the whole creation is groaning in travail together until now. The world is like a woman in labor. When he writes to advise the Corinthians to be a little less, well, Corinthian, and says to them, I'm not going to feed you meat, you're not ready for it, I'm going to give you milk, he's not talking about homogenized or pasteurized. I refer you to the remarks some moments ago about Thessalonians. When Paul later in the same letter writes about marriage, 1 Corinthians 7.25, jarring words for us because he tells us quite explicitly that marriage is not sinful. That's not really the way we think of marriage, as sinful or not. It's not a question for us. But Paul, in view of the impending crisis, advises stasis, stability. And yet, he says, those who move gender to gender, those who engage one another, those who marry although I wish all were as I am, but no problem. Happy for you. And finally, at the pinnacle, when Paul reaches to the Philippians and speaks to them from prison, what is his theme? Sharing. Partnership. Koinonia. The koinonia tu evangelio, the partnership of the gospel. What a friend you have in Paul, the feminist, who draws for his crucial language, imagery, metaphor, and simile on the experience through which he must have learned and of which he will have learned from Udiah and Syntyche, whom he urges and treats 
to agree in the Lord. Beloved, if you are men who know any women, who relate to any women, who are in love with any women, who are related to, in other ways, any women, who care about women, this is good news for you. It expands the circle of friendship, freedom, appreciation, and care for women. If you happen to be women yourselves, Sue or Patricia or Darlene or Carolyn or Glennis or Nancy or Nellie or Elizabeth or Jerry Catherine or Jennifer or Cecilia or all those I can't quite see in the dark out there, this is good news for you. Abigail, Lucy, Phyllis, Susan, Elizabeth, Udiah and Syntyche, they have your, their eye on you and on me. So as the sermon concludes, it posed for me a challenge, what to say now to push the circle further. How shall we think about expanding the recognition and appreciation for women in ministry? Those who with you and others have shown a radiant diaconal mystique. We have a granddaughter whose name, notice the feminine and feminist cast of this one-year-old's moniker, is Ellie Elizabeth Cady, born on Dempster Avenue, John Dempster, John Dempster, in Chicago, Illinois, a year ago. Ellie's great-great-grandmother Both of her great-grandmothers, her grandmother, and her mother are women in ministry, not ordained, but very much and more so through the ambivalent accident of marriage engaged in ministry, modeling over many generations with thousands of others in various castes and modes a diaconal mystique. They come from a particular tradition of which we haven't spoken very much over the last 40 years. It's been, I don't know if it's been politically impossible, but it's been somewhat difficult. They have been women who have, over time, served without a paycheck, women who moved year by year or so at the direction of bishops and committees, and we trust the Holy Spirit as well, yes, thank you, who lived in houses decorated by other women, who lived in parsonages uh, supported and maintained by committees, who found the grace to serve Thanksgiving dinner in the parsonage dining room under the long shadow cast by Aunt Tilly's Alaskan stuffed moose head there on the wall. Oh, I see you know Tilly. We'll come back. Who among others, including Liz and Susan and Andine and choir and all, modeled a dimension of spirituality that we can call a radiant diaconal mystique. Women who found a way to clothe and feed children on limited resources, women who listened to the confessions of others who couldn't or wouldn't go to the preacher and gave absolution as they could 
and did. Women who longer ago planted gardens in the spring, not knowing whether they would harvest them in the fall. Sometimes they did, and sometimes they didn't. Women who, when no one else would, would go to the minister and say, you call that an Easter sermon? If you're so smart, how come you're not rich? You might think about, think twice about sending that letter. I would if I were you, my love. Those, incidentally, are actual phrases lifted out of the loam of human experience. They, these women, were decisive in ministry in the way that ministry always and only is in connection with a diaconal mystique. That is, those tracing the theme sentence of this sermon will find it right here. That there is determinative, decisive, divine ministry only in connection with a radiant diaconal mystique. No mystique, no mystery, ministry, no service, no no leadership in whatever form or order we might try to find it. These are women who found a way, as time has gone by, in developing their own professions, yet to have time to guide and lead and shape and help others. That is, this dear feminine and feminist-named grandchild, Ellie Elizabeth, has a mother who's a minister's wife and a grandmother, two great-grandmothers, and a great-grandmother also who live in that diaconal mystique. They form a body of history and potential for the future in which grace, freedom, the circle of affection and appreciation are growing and expanding. Hear the good news. There is a diaconal mystique alive and afoot into which we can invest ourselves and through which we can grow and learn. I entreat Udaya and I entreat Syntyche to live in harmony of mind. Our commonwealth is in heaven. Have no anxiety about anything, but in all things, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, lift your needs to God. Amen. The Apostle Paul writes, The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. As we prepare our hearts for prayer, I invite you to stand, to sit, or come forward to kneel at the altar, if it is your tradition to do so. Now let us sing together the call to prayer, hymn 473, Lead Me, Lord.
It has been said, pray as you can, not as you can't. There are no special words to say or proper emotions to feel in order to pray, just the bringing of our lives, loves, and sorrows to God, and remembering to God those people and situations on our hearts and in our thoughts. Holy Spirit, quicken our hearts and minds to pray as you would lead us. We bring to mind and heart all the women in our lives, the leaders, the friends, sisters, mothers, daughters. We pray, God, for your blessing upon them, for strength in the situations that they face, that they may know your joy, that they may know your love. We bring to mind and heart those people close to us who support and love us, with whom we share history and hope. Thank you for the blessing of their presence in our lives. We ask for your love to overflow in us that we may serve and honor them as Christ. We bring to mind and heart those of us who face difficult decisions or tasks, those who fear to fail and those who fear to succeed. We bring places and people in conflict to you. We ask for your peace in us and in these situations. We bring to mind and heart those who need healing, who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. We ask God that you would comfort those who are hungry, lonely, those who suffer injustice or have no home. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and help us to be a tangible presence of your love in their sorrow. And God, we pray for those who grieve the dis disappointment of their hope, the ending of a relationship, the death of a loved one. We hold them in our hearts and minds as you hold them in love. Gathering all these prayers together, these petitions spoken aloud, and all the prayers that we hold in the depths of our hearts, we pray as Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts we forgive trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen
Beloved, we draw your attention to the notices printed in your bulletin. We encourage you to use the red books at the end of the pew to identify yourselves that we might greet you by name. Please notice the changes in schedule for this holiday weekend. There is a crop walk today following the service on the Esplanade, but no lunch today. Friday evening at 7.30 p.m., please come for 60 minutes of pure beauty and joy as our choir concert for the autumn is offered. And then the next morning, next Saturday, donuts and coffee and the head of the Charles, Saturday at 10.30 a.m. It is a happy dean who greets such a fine congregation on this Sunday, a happy dean who listens to the music of this choir each week. Thank you, Scott and Justin. A happy dean who sees more transportation needed last week and this for apple picking and the Plymouth Plantation. Thank you, Larry and Victoria. A happy dean who notices the growth in the congregation and the excellence in hospitality. Thank you, Ray and Elizabeth. As we continue to worship, let us present our offerings to Almighty God.
We dedicate these gifts, Lord, for the work of the church, and we ask you to use all that we have and are in your service. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. 